We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Free agency still happening, starting to wind down a bit, though. But guess what? Summer League is starting up. We get NBA basketball being played today, actually, which is exciting. It's going to be some games actually being played. And then we've got Summer League in Las Vegas that like the there's summer, the summer league, the California classic stuff like that stuff going on in Utah. It's kind of like the appetizer. And then Las Vegas is the, the main course. So exciting times, though, regardless going on in the NBA right now. And we've got a ton of news to get into. So if you haven't done so yet, make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office show. Turn on those notifications as well, whether it's over on YouTube or on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Uh, Keith, we've got a lot to we've got a lot to talk about today. You know, we went into this saying, well, yeah, there's some stuff going on. There's actually a pretty decent amount of stuff for yeah. a free agency kind of winding down at this point. Yeah, and we we took a you know kind of needed day off uh, mm-hmm. yesterday more sort of right we were both still working throughout the course of the day and then you know i think collectively came to the decision let's just wait we'll just record we decided not to do a live show uh, last night there wasn't enough to get into live and everything so i i personally had a little bit of a lazy sunday there was no chronicles of narnia and i didn't mac on any cupcakes but <laughs> i uh did enjoy a little, little nap in the middle of the day, a half dozing nap uh, where, you know, it was like every time I was just about to, to slip off, like I'd get a Twitter notification yeah. and I was like, oh, this random guy signed a deal. Okay. You know, so, so it wasn't a full on nap, but, but we're doing all right, man. Yeah. And you got a game to cover today. That's right. So, so there you go. Yeah. First, uh, I haven't seen yet. I've been, it's, because of course it's right now it's a little hard to follow everything on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I haven't seen like who all is playing and not playing in games and all that stuff, but I'll be keep keeping an eye on that. I know the jazz are sitting a couple of their, their guys out that are recovering from injuries that, that I did see, but yeah, you know, Hey, five games is five games. And we'll, we'll have, you know, fun watching hoops tonight. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. That's for sure. All right. Let's all right, get into some of the news, starting? the news that literally broke. As we ended our last live show, <laughs> like, I, I'm literally talking, it was 15 <laughs> seconds yep. after we ended our show. News broke that Domitas Sabonis, as Keith, you've been calling for, was going to renegotiate and extend his contract with the Sacramento Kings. So it was what we all we joke about it that as soon as we finish the show, that's when big news is going to hit. Yep. This is probably the closest we've ever seen to literally as yeah. the show stops. 
boom, we get we get hit by this by this news. But nonetheless, enough so it, that it a couple people were still hanging out in the room that yeah. like they said like, oh, they went off and the the Sabonis thing happened because that's how close it was. But yep, yeah, Demonte Sabonis, Kings are going to use some or all of their remaining cap space it's still being all pieced together as we'll we'll sort through this and figure it out here over the next few days as everything goes official uh but they're gonna bump demontis sabonis's contract up this year and then they're gonna add on a whole bunch of salary here i believe it's uh in the range of 195 new 195 million in new salary for Sabonis, who's at 22 million this year, for a total of 217 million for this year plus the years that are being added on. So that's that's huge for him. That'll come with the six month trade restriction as well. Not that they were going to trade him anyway, but uh, because it's beyond the extended trade rules. So uh, good news for him mm-hmm. with the uh, with the um, Kings. You know, they they pay him like the All NBA center he became. And the Kings now have their core, you know, pretty well locked in for at least the next few seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the Kings made the playoffs for the first time in ages this past season. And they're going to look to build upon that. Obviously, would have liked to have gone farther into the postseason, but we'll see what they can do this next season. They are certainly a team that's on the rise and locking in Sabonis just kind of keeps them on that that path. So exciting stuff for Sacramento, although he is not the only one. Jordan Clarkson could be also mm-hmm. looking to renegotiate and extend uh, this deal. Uh, thoughts on this? I mean, I was there was a bit of, of a surprise when Clarkson picked up his player option for this season. I thought that he might look to get out there on the market, but perhaps this being in his future was already known, and so that may have been a factor in him picking this up, picking up that option. Yeah, my guess is this was either a him and the Jazz likely came to an agreement on a total salary number, yeah, and then it was. Hey, you can opt in. We can renegotiate you up to that number and then extend you. Let's say something amazing materializes for the Jazz to use. They they they're still sitting on some cap space pending what happens with Clarkson. But if something amazing comes up for them to use that cap space on, then we'll give you more in a regular veteran extension because with mm-hmm. the new rules, they should be able to take care of him a little bit more fully. Or you know, the other option before he picked up his, his player option would be opt out and then we'll see about re-signing. And it's probably one of those where he likes Utah reportedly. He is one of Ryan Smith's, uh, my, my much richer, richer cousin than, than me. Um, one of his uh, favorite players on the team. He really you know, enjoyed him back when he was just a fan of the team. And uh, so that makes sense, you know, why they would want to keep him around. You know, he's it's weird to say this a little bit considering how his career started out. But like yeah. he's become like this like good locker room veteran that everybody kind of you know, really enjoys playing with and likes quite a bit. So I think that's that's really awesome that that's kind of how his career turned. It's kind of almost a little bit like J.R. Smith in a way, right? Where it's like this dude's kind of a wild card and a little all over the place. And then by the end, it's like, wow, man, this dude, we just would love having him in the locker room. What's it, you know how I know I'm getting old is it feels like it was yesterday that Jordan Clarkson was one of the young Lakers that we were talking <laughs> right? about. Now he came in as an older rookie, yes. and so that's part of this here. That that's certainly sped up the process. But now sure. here he is. He's like he's the adult in the room now, which is which is crazy <laughs> to me that that we got here so quickly because really it does. I I see Jordan Clarkson now, and I'm I'm still expecting to see like the short hair, Jordan, and now he's got the, the long hair and the neck tattoos and, and all yep. that kind of stuff. 
Um, it's amazing how quickly time has gone by. Again, I'm sounding older and older and older here as I speak. <laughs> but uh, but good for Jordan Clarkson, who is really, we always knew from the moment he came into the league that his best role, however, whatever path he had to take to get there, was going to be that kind of sixth man scorer off the bench. Yeah. Now, he did start a lot for the Jazz this, this past season, but I still think that's the ideal situation for him. And Utah's figured out a way to utilize that. And so good, good on him to, to stick it out there. And I think this contract will reflect that status where the idea will be let's upgrade on you as a starter and push you into a high-end bench role, right, where mm -hmm. you can shine and, and do your thing. And it sounds like it's going to be – I think the reporter terms were three years, $55 million, so that sounds pretty reasonable. That's under $20 million a year, and that includes whatever they give him this year to mm -hmm. bump this year's salary. And it's important to remember in these re renegotiation and extensions – you can uh, bring the salary way up in year one, which is like this current year. And then in year two, you can drop it by as much as 40%. So that's likely to be the Jazz are basically probably saying, hey, to get you on a really good number the next two seasons after this, we'll give you a whole bunch of money now, mm -hmm. which is how the Pacers treated it. The Sabonis one's a little different because what they're doing is we're bringing your number this year from 22 up to a much bigger number. So then we can extend you off of that bigger number. And that also for them makes sense given where he is in his career. So different uses of, of uh, mm -hmm. cap space through the same mechanism for different reasons, but you know, really good ones on both sides. Well, and let's, let's remember too, the jazz drafted Keontae George uh, mm -hmm. with the 16th pick, y you know, this, Having Clarkson around long term, I think the, the two can potentially play together. But this also sure. takes some of the pressure off of Keontae George to step in and, and you know be productive right away because you've got Clarkson to kind of fill that role in yeah. the meantime, and you can kind of bring him along a little bit more slowly if that's indeed what is needed for him. Yeah, and they've still got Taylor Horton Tucker who's going right. to come uh, back in. You know, we'll we'll see what happens ultimately with Chris Dunn who actually finished the year very strong with, mm -hmm. with the Jazz. Um, played quite well, and that could be just one of those classic late bloomer point guards where he figures it out five, six years into his career what he should be. So it's some interesting players in the mix there on the guard line. It clearly still remains their weakest spot on the, the roster. That and probably true wing size mm -hmm. players because uh, they're loaded in their front court. I mean, that, it's one of the deepest front courts in the league with – Yo, yeah, with Kessler and uh, Markinen and Collins, and then you still have Kelly Olynyk in the fold there. So that that's a good group uh, there in Utah. So they're going to keep tweaking and evolving that roster over the next next plus year, but haven't really. Collins, they sacrificed some long term uh, flexibility with, but not a ton. So I think they're you know, in pretty good shape in Utah to keep keep kind of building this out. I'm gonna I'll just because we're gonna get into a whole slew of veteran player signings mm -hmm. here. I'll I'll give you the one that made me feel really old. Uh, Alex Len uh, re-signed with the Kings and it came out and I was like, wait, that looks like the the minimum deal for 10 years of service. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. Like Alex Len's been in the league 10 years already. Former like former kind of number five pick, I think. Yeah, Alex he was Len? a pretty high pick. Yeah. Wow. Room. I was super duper high on him at the time, too. I remember because I watched I tend to watch the ACC if I watch college basketball because uh -huh. that's where BC is. So I watched quite a bit of him and I was like, because I think he, they were still in ACC school then. I think, but I do remember seeing him play. It might have been the Big Ten ACC Challenge or something, but I was very high on him coming in, and then I was just, I was just struck by him. Like, wait, he's been in the league how for is this possible? 10 years? Yeah. Like, how, yeah, how did we get here? Like, this seems crazy.
flying by. The kids yeah. are growing up, Keith. That's the it, kids man. are growing up. It, um, it never hits home more than when I start adding all the uh, the next year's draft oh, prospects. And you see their birthdays, the birth year. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and I see the birth year, and I'm like, oh, goodness me. Like, <laughs> these guys are like, like, I was already old when these guys were born. Like, you know, right. like I'm legit old enough now to be the father of, like, you know, many NBA players. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm not, but I kind of <laughs> wish you know, that'd be kind of a fun thing. I'd definitely be the courtside dad, too. Like, I'd be like, like, uh, T Morant, like sitting right there. Yeah, T Morant, you'd be out there into, yelling. Yeah, be, without uh, a doubt. LeVar 100%. Ball. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little less uh, braggadocious, but still, still just as loud. <laughs> Keith is sitting there on the sidelines screaming, stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'd be letting everybody have it. Oh, um, all right. Let's let's move on to another veteran, uh, Eric Gordon. Holy moly, this is what you didn't want to see happen here for the for the Phoenix Suns. If you were anyone having to play against them, was them get quality players on veteran minimums, and I thought they did a pretty decent job in free agency mm -hmm. up until this point. I didn't think there was anybody that that made you go, oh, okay, well that's a guy that clearly should have gone for way more than the veteran minimum until they got Eric Gordon, who's definitely better than a minimum player. Now he's thirty four years old. Um, does he really fix the holes in terms of defensively? No, but he's a quality player. And the new CBA was structured in a way to punish teams that try to put three stars together and not allow them to have depth. Eric Gordon taking a bit of min better minimum with the Suns does provide them with some depth in addition to having that very, very top-heavy roster. So I think this is a big, big get for the Phoenix Suns. I think this is important too because he's a little more plug and play into if Booker is out or Beal is out, he can yeah. do a lot of similar things to what they do. Not obviously at the level they do it, but you're it's not like all of a sudden, all right, we have to change our whole offensive approach and we can't run, you know, those pet sets and plays and uh, things we want to get to. So, yeah, there, there'll be a lot of times where you're going to see him probably play quite a few minutes. And Eric Gordon has stayed relatively healthy, you know, over the last uh, few years of his career and been, you know, a pretty reliable guy with that. Good, still a good shooter, still gets himself to the free throw line, still can kind of hold up defensively. To your point, I don't, I don't know that this Suns team, that's my single biggest worry is, are they going to defend enough to, to yeah. win, you know, at a high level? And they lost Torrey Craig today. Uh, he went, went to, the Bulls. to the Bulls. So that's, Kind of a sneaky big loss for them because yeah. I thought if they could have re-signed him, uh, one, they could have re-signed him to a deal where it would be a very tradable contract, but also you know he would have been their best 3 and D guy without a doubt on the roster. So, you know, but there's only so many guys. One thing, and I know you know this probably better than most and any of the Lakers fans watching, it all looks good right now, but when you load up on minimum signings, eventually some of them are going to be, Oh, okay. That's why the guy took a minimum, right? There's going to be a few of them that we mm -hmm. see where it's like, all right, I liked that maybe probably more than I should have, but that'll come out to wash. But the other thing is when you're in, like, like we said with the Lakers at the time, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. And especially the Suns are in for many, many pounds here. Yes, they so are. it could be, all right, this one didn't work. Wave them, sign the next guy. Wave them, sign the next guy, right? They're going to just kind of keep probably going down the list a little bit here until they find the right one that they really feel like, all right, that guy hit and he, he's a good part of things. So, But I'm with you. I like the guys they picked up because I think they did it in a – they didn't just go and grab a bunch of dudes, right? They got this guy fits this need, this guy fits this need, yeah. this guy fits this need. And I thought they did quite well. 
Yeah, agreed. I think they did. And we'll see how it all comes together with them. Uh, and the real test will be what happens next year with them once yeah. the, the more punitive restrictions <laughs> yeah. come in. That's going to be interesting to see what, what happens. But uh, nonetheless, Eric Gordon winds up with the Suns. Uh, Miles Bridges, I don't, I was trying to figure out, did this feel contentious? Like Miles Bridges taking the qualifying offer? Because usually that's what it takes to get for a player to take the qualifying offer. It means something went south between the player and the team. Miles Bridges, though, is a fairly unique situation. Thankfully, it's a unique situation, but he wound up taking the qualifying offer, which means he will be an unrestricted free agent next summer. He's going to make just over seven million. Wasn't able to come to terms with the Hornets on a, on a long term deal. Um, I wonder where this goes from here and if he is if this is going to be a one year and then he's out of, of Charlotte. Yeah. And he does have the, this comes with the de facto one year, no trade clause because he would lose his bird rights if he's traded. So, so that's something that we got to factor in here as well. But yeah, I think to, to your question of did, did this feel contentious? I think just reading and putting together the reports, it, it, it definitely got there a little bit where it was, it seems like the Hornets were okay with everything that went on. If you want a long-term deal, here's a number we're willing to go to. And mm-hmm. Miles Bridges in his camp were like, that's nowhere close. You know, and that's yeah. ultimately at the end of the day, I think this makes sense for both sides. This gives Miles Bridges the year to prove first and foremost, ahead of any of the basketball stuff that he is figuring out his life. He's moving towards a path of redemption. He has started to learn things to reform himself and become a better person. And we'll see, you know, where that goes and how that plays out. Um, any, I'm not going to argue with anybody who is skeptical and critical of this because fully understand why, you know, you're skeptical and critical of it. I also won't argue with the people who say, Everybody deserves a second chance, you know, to prove that they can, you know, fix things. So it's people are going to fall in one of those two camps and they're going to go there on the basketball court. It's the opportunity for him to show, Hey, Mm -hmm. I have everything that I had a year ago when I was probably trending towards a max contract offer. Uh, that that's likely where that was going to land. And if he can show that, then, you know, we'll go and, I'll just say this because I've seen some people really get into it. I've kind of with the NBA washed my hands of expecting them to do all of the right moral things all of the time because they just they're it's competitive. They're trying to win, mm-hmm. and sometimes that gets in front of teams' morals and in a lot of ways. So kind of is what it is with that one. But you know, for the most part, I I understand why this landed to the sign the qualifying offer. We'll use this year to figure it all out, and then we'll you know figure where out figure out where we're at you know a year from now what is you know something just occurred to me that i, I maybe i haven't been paying enough attention to what's going to happen with kelly Oubre jr and yeah. what and and how much does miles bridges sticking around at least matter for him that that's one of the like it it's surprising to a degree that he's still out there on the market right now it is he's Got to be, I mean, I haven't run through it fully, but it, he'd be definitely near the top of my list for available yeah. free agents. And not a perfect player by any means, but can really s- still score and yeah. do a lot of things. But the problem in Charlotte is he's now squeezed out, right? You have Bridges, you have Gordon Hayward, you obviously have Brandon Miller under contract. They still have a whole collection of guards uh, that, that they have there, whether it be Nick Smith or who is 
one of this year's draft picks. You have uh, James Booknight. You still have Terry Rozier. Obviously, Lamella Ball, who signed his Got big, uh, you know, max extension. So, my guess is we're kind of at a spot with Ubre where it's we we just don't have a spot for you anymore, right? We're 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 moving on, and then. Yeah, somebody's going to get him on the cheap and probably yeah. get a productive, yeah. you know, bench scoring player. And, you know, it'll, it'll be probably one of those ones where we're like, man, how did he end up there? And that's that's how, right? That's how sometimes these guys end up there is the, the money's all gone. Because the other thing is, I know some people might say, like, well, can you play Bridges at the four and uh, bring Ubre back? But you, they're still in the, you know, it's still a PJ Washington, maybe. It sounds mm-hmm. like they're at least semi-interested in making an offer to Grant Williams, which would likely be via the uh, mid-level exception, which would then probably cost them Washington because you certainly don't need both. And if that happens, then even more so, you're out on Ubre. So, yeah, you're, that's a good question, mm-hmm. um, you know, where he ultimately lands. We'll, we'll see. But somebody's going to get a useful, helpful player uh, you know, with him. All right, let's get into we've got a list of veteran players who signed deals. I know you've got the list in front of you. Let's yep. uh let's run through it. Yeah, so we already talked about Alex Len a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh again, shortly after we stopped recording, Dante Exum is gonna come back. Welcome back. Yeah, he's played the last uh two seasons over in Europe and mm-hmm. uh played well over in Europe. So he's the, he's making his way back to the fall to, for him. What's that? The three ball has started to fall for him. Yeah, That's a little bit, watch, yeah. Watch yeah, which was always the question with him, mm-hmm. right? Is you know, is he going to shoot it well enough? And if yeah, if that holds, the Mavericks got themselves a really good, solid player. And you know, they're probably moving on from Frank Nilakina at this point. Uh, Exum's you know functionally the replacement for Nilakina, but they did good stuff with Nilakina. They they got rotation minutes out of him at one point too. So I, this, you know. Good for them taking the upshot on Exum and see where it's at. Speaking uh, Cody of, of, oh, of in terms of us feeling old, uh, if you want to feel a little bit younger, somehow Dante Exum is still just 27 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. It feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. And yet Probably, he's only 27. Yeah, he was one of those ones right? we started hearing about when he was like 15, 16 yeah. years old. For a while, that was Ricky Rubio. Where yes. It's like, all right, yo, this guy, he was like the first one where I'm like, all right, dude, now he's 30 and now I'm like 100. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cody Zeller signed with the Pelicans, uh, mm-hmm. one year minimum deal to be their backup center. They lost Jackson Hayes, obviously, to the Lakers. So, you know, that's fine for, for them. Zeller was, I know people are probably a little down on him based on he didn't look great in the finals and he didn't always look great in the Eastern Conference finals. Mm-hmm. But this is more of a regular season move, right? Where you're like, all right, we got to eat up some regular season minutes. <clears throat> Let's run with uh, Cody Zeller. Uh, Lonnie Walker uh, is headed off to the Nets um, there. So on a one-year deal, good addition for the Nets, right? Just bring yeah. one more guy in to come off their bench. Justin Holiday to the Nuggets, uh, one-year deal again. Uh, so the presumable kind of Bruce Brown replacement-ish in a way, you know, of a wing with a little bit of, you know, decent size out of, out of the guard spot that could do some different stuff. So we'll see. I'm sure there'll be moments when Justin holiday looks pretty good. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll find out on the Walker one. Does that one a little curious to you with the nets? Just, they kind of have some guys at that position. Mm-hmm. Like it feels, feels like it's going to be a lot like it was with the Lakers where it's like, you're in like a five way competition for minutes. 
Yeah, it's a little bit strange. I, I wondered if the Lakers made sense for him. Like people, people get into, oh, it's a veteran minimum deal. Why didn't this team sign? Like any team could have signed if that. Well, you got to remember the player has to agree as well. And if I'm Lonnie Walker, I'm looking for a place where I'm going to play. Um, and then look at the uh -huh. Lakers situation. I don't know. Like, are the minutes really going to be there for him? But did he really find a clear path to minutes with the Nets? I don't know that he did put himself in yeah. necessarily a better situation. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Nets were telling him, Hey, we're going to commit to you. And the Lakers were saying, well, we really want to give some more minutes to Max Christie. So we can't promise anything. Maybe that's how the, the discussions went. And maybe he was hearing similar stuff from other teams. We don't know, but I thought that if he does wind up on a veteran minimum, particularly after how he played in the playoffs, it was going to be because he landed someplace where there was a clear path to minutes or they had guaranteed him that he was going to have a significant role. I don't know if he found that in Brooklyn or not. Yeah, I just think it's, for me, where it kind of lands is interesting is you've obviously, uh, the way they played at least last season and would be presumably lining up this year, Mikhail Bridges is the starter at the two. Mm -hmm. Then you've got, you do have Cam Thomas in the fold, who at times showed some stuff. And then your know, Walker comes in in the mix there. Neither one of those guys is really a three. Um, I think we've learned that about both yes. of them, you know, enough. They've, they've really got to be at the two. So it's, I, I, I think that Brooklyn roster is obviously still evolving and, you know, it'll sort itself out. So it's not, it's not like he's got no path to minutes, just a little odd. You know, yeah. So, you know, but I, I don't mind it by any means. I no. think it's fine. No, it's not like it's a bad uh, deal or anything. Yeah. Continuing on with the veteran signings, Corey Joseph to the Warriors on a one year deal, third point guard on a minimum contract. You know, that's good with Corey Joseph. Uh, and then the last uh, veteran signing was uh, Delano Banton, uh, two year. He had been in the league two years with the Raptors. He signed with the Celtics. Uh, huge uh, point guard. He's six foot nine. Um, and he and he really is a point guard. That's that's a position he's always kind of played. Uh, you know, good ball handler, a good defender, good rebounder, good passer. Just can't shoot or hasn't shown the ability to shoot yet. So, we'll we'll see. You know what the Celtics get out of him. But this is much like the O'Shea Brissett move. Throw another guy at the end of the bench who has shown stuff at times and see if you know maybe they they become a little bit more in there. Sounds like fully protected on that second year if it doesn't work. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, let's move on to some big money getting thrown out. Anthony Edwards gets a five-year max deal with the Wolves. Um, this is This is kind of his team now isn't it like as much as it was okay it was all going to be about carl anthony towns i think now it's about maximizing anthony edwards and with good reason he is he is absolutely phenomenal yeah yeah that's a great way to put it this is like hey this is this is it right you are our franchise guy and took a couple days longer than we thought i i would love to know you know what was going on there maybe he was uh, on vacation we don't know yeah yeah maybe yeah, right. Because edocs isn't a thing anymore, right? Apparently, but it's uh, you know. But yeah, I I wonder if it might have been a little on the. Hey, can I get a player option? No. Yeah. Yo, know, because generally it's pretty rare. We saw a few years ago Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell both got player options on their deals, but those guys were established like multi-time All Stars, you know, right away in their careers. Um, Edwards is what not quite there yet right he's like a, maybe like one year in development or uh time behind where those two were at the similar point but still it's a designated player deal you know ties him to minnesota for the next five years i think this is you know great you know i think uh you know this is what you want right this is those the the smaller market teams find their guy and then commit to him right and try to keep him around and Minnesota did basically everything he could to to ensure that so yep. no issue at all with this one. All right, let's check in on the uh, Damian Lillard and James Harden situations just because I think we are contractually obligated to discuss them whenever whenever we do a show because they are I mean two of the biggest stories right now kind of all quiet on the Western and Eastern front in terms of these two players we don't know exactly. Like it could happen at any moment, but it, for the moment, things are kind of at a standstill with both of their incumbent teams, the Blazers and the 76ers. They're going to be doing everything they can to try to get as much leverage as possible and get as much in return to try to find the right deal. And sometimes that that takes a bit of time. What what I like, though, Keith, is the the feel around the league isn't that everything is just at a standstill waiting for these guys to, mm-hmm. to figure out life. It's just things are, are moving on and at some point we're going to get a Woj bomb saying that one of these guys has been moved and uh and then we'll get to break it down then and if it doesn't come in the next couple of days it'll probably come a couple of days in the summer league when everybody's yep. there because what will happen is you'll get more face-to-face negotiations mm-hmm. and conversations <clears throat> i like to and, and this one's a little different, right? Because this is not obviously Damian Lillard two years into an extension saying, see you later, get me out of here, right? I mean, he's given a decade plus to yeah. Portland. So, but I do like that Portland is basically saying, 
cool, you want to go to Miami. We are perfectly happy to trade you there, but not for the stuff they want to trade us. Yeah. Right. So they have to work to get it somewhere where this makes sense uh, for both of us. Now, if this drags out another two, three, four weeks and we start getting closer to training camp and the like, we may see Portland's ask comes down. Miami's offer comes up a little bit. They meet closer mm -hmm. to the middle. And that's where, where it gets to because nobody really wants it to drag in that far. Um, with Damian Lillard, just not the place where you want it to go. And then James Harden, if I was Philly, I'd feel a little bit more motivated just because we know what that looks like. Yeah. He doesn't want to be somewhere. Like all of a sudden that gets pretty ugly. It has already happened both in Houston and Brooklyn. So let's try to you know get something done there if we can. But yeah, my guess is to some extent, right? They're independent on they're dependent on each other because it might be some of the same teams involved offering some sure. of the same stuff uh to to get these guys. So yeah, we're we're gonna keep an eye out. But you know, for now it just sounds like uh both uh Philly and Portland are kind of holding their cards and saying, nope, offers aren't good enough yet. Uh, you know what it's going to happen? It's going to be right when we fire up our barbecues tomorrow ah, on the 4th. That's that's when it'll happen. See, I yeah. went July 6th when you and I were, well, we're in the air. airplane. Yeah. yeah, to Las Vegas. That'll probably that could happen too. be when that happens. Mm. So inconsiderate. All right. Um, <laughs> Colby Jones, the first. Yeah. Rob Palenka rules signing. There it is. Look at that. Love it. Two-year so deal, or sorry, no, go ahead. second second round player. I don't know why I said two-year deal. Second round player, first to get uh, more than a two-year deal here using this Rob Palenka rule without having to dip into the mid-level exception. Yep. So let's go into this just a little bit. Well, what happened here is there's two different versions of this second round pick exception. There is a three-year contract version and there is a four-year contract version. Mm -hmm. The reason why those exist as three and four years, that's what teams had been doing. Uh, the three-year version last year was Jaden Hardy. The Mavericks cut a bid out of their taxpayer mid-level exception to give Jaden Hardy a three-year deal three years because that was the limit on the taxpayer a year ago that you could sign a player for four-year deals where generally teams would cut out just enough of their tax of their non-taxpayer to be able to give the player a four-year deal um and very often those came with team options on those final years so if they really blossomed and became great players a la Nikola Jokic who was once upon a time on a contract like that you can decline the team option, make them a restricted free agent, and, and really control the process. Mm -hmm. Unlike what happened with the Dallas Mavericks and Jalen Brunson, where they had him on a straight deal, no team option, and could argue maybe cost them Jalen Brunson, and he ended up uh, off to the New York Knicks. So Colby Jones signed under the four-year version. Four-year version, so what that does is that brings his uh, uh, cap hit for the first two years. He's going to get um, – up to it's not fully locked in it has to be but up to the uh, minimum salary for what would be a two-year service player right for each of the first two years then he goes to his applicable minimum salary four years two and three in year four we'll have a team option on it so uh the kings first first one of these also important to know because as we talked about earlier in the show kings are going to use some cap space this doesn't count against the salary cap until july 31st so there the idea mm -hmm. is Right. Get these guys signed. Everybody knows what you're doing. So, again, you're not waiting to sign them. They'll be available to play in summer league, presumably tonight uh, for the Kings in the California Classic. And, you know, off you go. And then they can still use that cap space as of July 31st. 
which is really smart because by then most of the free agent signings are done. Uh, most teams have used up their cap space. Then the deal will apply to the salary cap uh, and we move forward from there. That's such a, an underrated but smart decision there by really the NBA good. just to avoid yeah. an awkward situation that we've seen play out a number of times over the years. So um, that's we've criticized some of the stuff of the new CBA. I think this is a very, very good change. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Yep. Speaking of changes. So we talked about this the other day about two-way contracts and the initial reporting suggested that in order to have the third two-way player on your books, but now under the new CBA, you can have three two-way contracts uh, that it was going to require that you fill your 15th roster spot, which some NBA teams have not been doing over the last few years. They've been carrying 14 roster spots filled and then leaving the 15th one open, either for financial reasons or flexibility reasons, sometimes a bit of both. But um, that was the initial thought. Now that we've actually seen the CBA, it looks like that's shifted a little bit. And Keith, <laughs> they did not make it uh, simplified. Let, let's put it that way. They made this about as confusing as you can make it in terms of what now you have to do in, in terms of having these three uh, two-way contracts. Yeah, we're going to try to simplify this for everybody to make it as simple as possible. But here's where what they did is they're calling they they introduced this concept of under 15 games. So if you are a NBA team and you don't have 15 players signed to your uh, uh, standard contracts, which it is now 15 standard contracts, 18 two-way con or geez, 15 standard contracts, <laughs> three two-way contracts for 18 total contracts. Um, so that is where you are with this. What they've done with these under 15 games is every time a two-way player is active for a game that counts as an under 15 game, you are only allowed to have 90 such occurrences in the season. So let's say game one, you had all three of your two-way players active. And let's just say you carried that all the way through till game 30. You are out. You're done. You could no longer have uh, two-way players active and not have – uh, 15 players on your signed to your standard uh, roster. So, and that's and that's active, eligible to play, not correct. in the game. They don't have to be in the game. They yeah, just have to be just eligible need to be active. To play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if they, yeah, if if you put them on the bench and they're in uniform, that counts as one of these. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's how they get to the to 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 that is one player counts for one, two players counts for two, three players active counts for three. So that's where you know I went to an extreme probably pretty rare that we would ever see a team have all three of them active with 30 games and not have a player, you know, signed to the 15th spot. So the reason for this is one, it's a better use of this than just saying you must have 15 players signed because mm -hmm. that gets a little restrictive on the teams. And it also gets a little wonky at periods like the trade deadline, where sometimes we see teams make like the Lakers, for example, made a whole bunch of trades and you may want to play your two-way guys because, hey, the new guys aren't here yet. They're not in uniform. And we have a game tonight. That That is something that is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. So in this case now, you've avoided those situations. But on the flip side, you have protected the two-way guys from teams just saying, we're going to go all year long and never sign that 15th spot, save some money against the cap, against the tax in terms of real dollars as well. And we'll just play our two-way guys all the time, yeah. you know, in, in, in place of those guys. So 
Now, I have referenced a handful of times. Um, there is a rule in place with that third two-way spot um, where if the league as a whole does not um, uh, you know, hit the roster growth um, that you have to hit, which is you, know, you, you don't hit the um, you know, main uh, – how am I trying to say this? You, you don't hit the point where you have filled enough of your uh, two, two-way uh, – your standard spots around the league. The, the NBPA can say – no more third two way, and that would be across oh, the board. That's not in individual. in total. So, how many teams can can roster just fourteen players? That yeah, it's not. It, it's it's more. It's actually works out to an average of more. I'm trying to find it. It's like fourteen now, and, and a half has to be the yeah, average or something like that. Basically, yeah, it's something in that range where it has to be. Yo, know, you you have to hit this, and it's it, of course because it's the CBA. It's not in just one place. You have to go and look for it in multiple places with this. But it is um in effect on this. It is uh you know with with these things is if you are not in a spot where you have rostered enough league wide, um so you know one team I guess in theory could screw this up for everybody. Yeah. Um, but if you don't roster enough players league wide. You are you are out um, on this uh, where they, the MBPA can't come back and say no. Probably not going to be a problem. The vast majority of teams end up rostering fifteen players yeah. minus short periods of time each year. And and I have to think too, like teams. I don't think teams are going to look at the situation and say, well, you know what. We planned on having 14, but for the better of the entire league, let's go have a 15th player. <laughs> yeah. No, they're going to, if they really want 14, they're going to roster 14 come hell or high water. And and we'll see yeah. what, what ultimately winds up happening. So I don't think that's a path we're going to wind up going down. Cause I think you're right. I think enough teams just naturally will have 15 players, yep. but I don't think there's any team that's going to go, Oh, we'll be, we'll be the one we'll, we'll add a 15th player, even though we don't want to just to help out everybody else. No, they're going to worry about themselves. So let's actually, and it is 14.5 um, okay. is what the number is. Um, let's also talk about that minimum roster requirement. So the minimum you can have on standard contracts in the NBA, you have to have at least 13 guys signed to minimum contracts. In the old CBA, there was language that said from time to time, teams may you know, not need to have less than 13. Mm -hmm. But what they've done is they've cleaned up that language considerably and made it a lot cleaner. So in the new CBA, teams can have fewer than 14 players, so drop to 13, um, for up to 28 total days in the regular season and no more than 14 consecutive days. 14 mm. consecutive days has always been the thing um, where it's been you could drop down to 13 for two weeks and then you have to sign a 14th guy. And we've seen teams, especially teams that are hard capped and the like, play yeah. with that you know, language there um, around that. The other thing is the adding 28 day total days that just locks in. Hey, you can't play games with this all year long, right? You can't step in day one of the season knowing, all right, well, we're going to have a player, then we'll cut them and then we'll go two weeks and then we'll cut and go two weeks and cut and go two weeks. You can't do that. They've changed that. Another good roster change, semi sort of kind of related. If you trigger the hardship exception, meaning, you've got at least four players out to start yeah. your season. You can now actually sign a player to a 10 day, which is better because it used mm. to be, you had to sign them to arrest the season contract, which was 
always fully non-guaranteed and functioned like a 10-day contract and got super messy. Now it is you are permitted to use a 10-day to fill, even if we're not to the 10-day signing period, which is uh, generally um, January 5th of each season. That makes sense. That yeah. may, that's another change where, okay, that, that yeah. that's something sensible for them, for them to do. All of these things combined, outside of the third two-way, which is a truly new thing, yeah. these are taking all right, this is what everybody's doing anyway. Let's just make your rule, right? Where yeah. we're going to take all these things you figured out as workarounds and loopholes and all the other things. We're just going to make them all rules and we're going to move forward for the betterment of everybody. And it just makes a lot more sense to take care of, you know, everybody on both sides. So, yeah, well, we'll see. I know agents that are out there that are still like this third two way is garbage because two ways one and two are garbage. Just add yeah. real roster spots if that's what you want to do. That's not where they've chosen to go, so we'll we'll see. Well, from that from that perspective, the agent perspective, it's well, I don't want my guy on a two way contract. Exactly. I don't want my guy getting paid on a full contract, right? So yep. it makes sense why they would not like. But again, from yeah. the team perspective, you want the added flexibility that a two way contract and less commitment that a two way contract provides. So correct, I get it. I get it from why both sides get it, have yeah. those opinions. Yeah, I mean, that's, right. That's the uh, eternal battle between good and evil. You can decide good and evil in the agent yeah. team uh, parameters who you want to assign to each role. But that's, you know, there's always going to be something that's good for one side, not good for the other side. And yep. That's just kind of how it goes. All right. I think that gets us through pretty much everything well, that we were going to cover today. For now. Yeah. yeah for, for now. We'll see. I like, <laughs> I'm expecting as I was starting to wrap up here that something was going to happen, that more news was going to was gonna break because that's the way things go. Right now, though, looks like so far so good. But I will, uh, th- go ahead. I'll timestamp it. We're just shy of 4 p.m. Eastern on yep. July 3rd that we're about to end this show. So look, sometime between now and 4.15 Eastern on July 3rd, some big news will break. And you know what, guys? We'll get to it tomorrow. Unless if it if it is massive league altering, Damian Lillard, James Harden, yeah. we'll probably come back and do do another show, and we'll figure it out there. But if that's it's, right, uh, you know, player X signed for the veteran minimum, you'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what fate has in store for us here over the next 20 minutes or so. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show here on YouTube. And don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.